Well, I'm doing this on the wing because I figured I should strike while the iron is hot. I um, just downloaded a firm concert. Actually, I downloaded it like two weeks ago, but I'm just listening to a firm concert that I had downloaded recently. And it is of a master audience recording of a show that hadn't been circulated before. I don't know if it would have never been released, like the dude just taped it and didn't share it, or if it's just first time. Anyway, it's new. It is uh, July... Jesus, how about not? It is December 4th, 1984. December 4th. December 4th is the birthday of my first girlfriend, Lori. 12-4-64. Anyway, on 12-4-84, on her 20th birthday, they were playing... Ludwig's Hafen in Pfalzbau. Where's that, Mark? Is that in Italy? Yup. No, Germany. But up, but up, up, up. I'm guessing West Germany at that point. Um, wow, remember that? West Germany, East Germany. Anyway, they were there in one of the Germanies, if not both, if they were straddling the line. And this was uh, before their big debut. Um, this is kind of, uh, they did a, a, a Northern European tour before they made their big debut in England and especially the, um, not the Royal Albert Hall, Hammersmith Odeon on July 9th, 1984. That was the show that was taped and uh, videotaped and broadcast on MTV. Remember that the firm, that 30 minute, uh, little expose of Jimmy like in his white t-shirt and um it's a great show it's a great show you guys know how how I'm lukewarm on the firm um I don't know if it's the stars the moon if the alpha brain is jiving with the edibles I had and I'm just in a state of perfect grace and benevolence or if I just this is a really great show I mean, the band was always solid. The musicians are solid, solid musicians. And I like it. And I like the way that Tony Franklin locks in with Chris Slade. Tony Franklin, um, underrated bass player in my estimation. I mean, I always knew he was very, 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 very good. But um, deep appreciation for him in this show. Locking in tight with Chris Slade. Um, Yeah. So I wanted to share this because, uh, you know, <laughs> I've been doing this for three plus years now and, uh, well, seriously for like a year and a half or two years, but you know, I, I have not been a big proponent of the firm. It's, it's not my cup of tea, man. Most of the time, it's just the material doesn't fit for me. Um, it just doesn't work for me. So I'm excited to to hear this and and go yay this is this is rad. I grabbed this because it's a master recording. It's new and I figured if it's good, I could share it with you guys. And it's good. And um what I didn't expect was to really enjoy it cuz a lot of the stuff that isn't Zeppelin related, I I share um, or I, I do episodes about more as an evangelical cause to, to be a proponent and, and a bell ringer and, and a, a node for the broadcast and dissemination of information about live recording 
and bootlegs and, and this cool classic rock stuff, especially the Mike Millard recordings. So I share a lot of stuff that I wouldn't normally, you know, choose and listen to myself out of more a sense of duty. And I like doing it. It's not like it's not like my, a burden. It's cool. I'm just saying, you know, I'm not as into Thin Lizzy as I am into as I am, you know, with Led Zeppelin. So I don't have that same amount of enthusiasm. So that's more like a, hey, this is going to make people really happy more than it's like, this made me amazingly happy. <sighs> Roundabout way to explain why I got this firm show. You probably don't care. What's his motivation for getting this show? You're probably more like, cool, let's hear it. Does it suck? No, it doesn't suck. And, and Jimmy... I think I'm finally learning how to listen to the firm and that I always listen to it as a using the rubric of Zeppelin for grading for grading Jimmy's performance and playing um, like comparing it to like, well, how did he play in 1970? How's he playing in 1984? It's a whole different thing. He really did change up everything when he switched back to the telly with the B bender and I have developed an incredible respect and admiration for his mastery of the B-Bender and just the tones and the, the, the control over the pitch he utilizes. It is, in this show, unbelievably masterful. And I will point out where. And you'll hear it anyway, because it's, it's good. And... um. The band is already tight. They're a brand new band. They're just, you know, they've just been on the road for like a week, maybe. Smaller gigs, theaters, and um, under under the radar to just get on their feet and get rolling before the big de- debut of Jimmy Page's new band. Um, and they're so tight. It's a testament to Chris Slade being a standard stalwart drummer. I mean, he's ACDC for the last 35 years or something, on and off. I know Phil Rudd's dipped in and out. But, um, and Tony Franklin. Holy shit, Tony Franklin. I gained such a new respect for him every time I listen to him. Um, He's always been good, but he's really great, especially because he's just in his very, very early 20s here. And before this... um, he was Roy Harper's bass player and that's small gigs of like dozens of people most of the time. And then suddenly boom, you're in a band with Jimmy Page and Paul Rogers and everybody, everybody is going to be looking really intently at what this project's going to sound like and expectations are going to be sky high. Mine were, and they were not met. Of course, I was a teenager and I wanted Jimmy to come out with Zeppelin II and Physical Graffiti with Paul Rogers being the same as Robert Plant, but better, but still Paul Rogers and everybody else to just be Zeppelin. And it wasn't. Um, anyway, now I'm just saying the same thing over and over and over again. I apologize. Let's get to some music because I have quite a few songs I want to play. Surprise, surprise. What happened to Mark? He's still here. Uh, first thing I want to play for you is Cadillac, which is a song I'd never really liked because it's just Jimmy on the whammy bar, you know, wow. But then I realized that's the point. And, and this podcast has really helped expand my rigid, rigid, almost scarily spectrum 
uh, fixation on certain things of like, I like Led Zeppelin when they play this and um, gaining appreciations for things like the 77 tour, which again, had the same thing. Stop expecting Led Zeppelin 1970 or Zeppelin 73. And this is Zeppelin 77. This is what they're putting out. And then suddenly it gets a whole lot better most of the time. Um, <laughs> that's the definition of Stockholm Syndrome, Mark. Nah, nah, this isn't Stockholm Syndrome. I have seen Stockholm Syndrome on the Discord with the new um, March 24th, 75 soundboard. Seven, th- March 24th, 75 in L.A. The L.A. run is just not all that shit hot for the 75 tour, especially with all the things that we've had released. Um, the the, the uh, Seattle shows, Pacific, the, the Pacific Northwest shows, unbelievable compared to L.A. Even Earl's Court, um, I would prefer to the L.A. run. And that's not, again, it's, 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 a, it's, we're talking inches, games of inches here. It's not that the L.A. run is garbage. It's just that the 24th, Jimmy is really sloppy. His tone's not good. And he has, when his tone's not good and he's out of tune, it's just a, a horror show to listen to for me. Especially when there are a million other 75 shows I can listen to. What's this have to do with the firm, Mark? Nothing. I forgot. Anyway, Cadillac. Yes, that's what I was saying. I listened to it adapting and listening to what Jim, what the, the band was actually presenting. And I dig it. The tone's great. Again, real control with the whammy bar and the pitch. But boy, when we get into it later, I'll point out some B-Bender shit that will blow your mind. Hopefully. Anyways, here we go. Cadillac, December 4th, 1984. The Firm. <laughs>
That was that was dirty. That was legit dirty, filthy, nasty, sweaty. It, it was dirty. I liked it. Um, something to kind of groove to, in a way. I liked the hi-hat. Tony Franklin's bass playing, badass. And Jimmy's just killing it. Very, 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 very sonically, um, I don't know, enrich, rich, interesting. I don't know. I liked it. I hope you liked it, too. If you didn't, I'm sorry. Well, let's boogie on down to the next song they play, which is Prelude, off the Death Wish 2 soundtrack. Uh, He played it at the ARMS concert on the ARMS tour with the firm, I think, both tours, and uh, into the Outrider tour. I don't believe he has played it since. I don't think he ever played it with Page Plant. That's unfortunate. Oh, that would have sounded great with the strings. Huh. Anyway, um, Prelude. And it's it's really good. Jibby's, again, this is where you're going to hear the control that he has with that B-bender and changing the pitch. It is meticulous. He is in command. I am I'm, I'm impressed. I really love it. I mean, sometimes when he nails this song, it's it is heartbreaking, and it is just amazing tonight. And at the very end, he does something that I'd never heard him do, and it is just so interesting. It's so interesting. It's one of those things like I don't know if it was a fuck up. He was the master of taking something that starts as a fuck starts off as a fuck up, like whoops, and just staggering through it and coming out looking you know like it was intentional. Maybe he did that. I don't know. It's brilliant. Um, Not a big fan of Chris Slade's drumming in the background. Not like he's doing offbeat or anything. I just, I don't think it adds anything to the song. It's kind of, the whole time I'm hearing Chris Slade, I was just thinking that it's the Catalina wine mixer. And it just, I mean, the drum roll at the end was cool, but it just, it really, really, I don't know. I didn't enjoy it. It detracted from the song for me. But Jimmy's playing, holy shit, listen to every note. Yes, I'm enthused talking about the firm. You should be excited. Here we go.
There was no resolution. I need resolution to that musical phrase. I'm left hanging. I know, I know. The thing is, it goes right into another song. Um, Money Can't Buy, I think. I should look. I have the goddamn set list here. And every time I guess I'm wrong. Except this time, right? Right, right, right. Prelude. Money Can't Buy. There's, yay. All right. Good. Good for everybody. But it, so it goes right into there. So it doesn't resolve. It just goes right into dun, 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 dun. It, it, so, and that's just where the track cuts. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But wasn't that awesome? There are a couple. I mean, he had a little tiny bit of blues phrasing in that flurry at the end, which I don't know if he was trying to do something super cool and was like, whoops, and had to correct. I don't know if that's what he did meant to do the entire time and I just haven't been able to fathom it all I don't know I I know it's it, it's not what he usually played and it was really cool and I always love hearing something new from Jimmy especially in this era um, that's why if you remember the the 1980 uh, Dancing in the Doldrums the two-parter we did of the 1980 tour that set that Matrix um, recording was such a revelation because it was it, it it brought clarity and depth to those dry 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 soundboard recordings and and it, it let me hear things that that were not really that that were not really visible uh some subtleties plus the band on the on the tracks the gentleman uh, selected were uh that's Led Zeppelin rarities who did that um were good I mean, they were from the beginning of the tour, and even like he said, he didn't he didn't choose the best performance of each song. He chose the best audio mix, and some of the things there were some fuck ups, but there was also some really intricacies that I didn't really you know grok before. What's this have to do with the firm? Nothing. Where were you going with this? I don't know. But what I'm telling you is, we can all live in peace. And there's our next song. Live in peace. Horrible segue. But a segue nonetheless. This one is a much more straightforward song. Um, It's off of Paul Rogers' solo album that I owned, but I can't remember the name. I can see him. He was in jeans, hands on his hips. Doesn't matter. after, After Bad Company broke up, Paul Rogers put out a solo album. Live in Peace was on it. It was one of those albums where, like like John Fogarty's albums, where uh, the artist played all the instruments, except maybe the drums, here and there. Um, so it, it's really, um, unless you're Prince, it can add a little bit of, 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 of staleness to it. Um, anyway, Live in Peace. Good song. Jimmy plays a hell of a good solo. And it's a more straightforward rock song with lots of Paul Rogers piano playing. Enjoy. <laughs>
That was good. There's some good stuff there. Could have trimmed a third off that solo. But it's good. It's fun. High energy. And um, I like Jimmy's tone throughout this. It's, it seems to be less muddled by the, the chorus pedal that that in the flange later on that just kind of blurs the lines this seems more more pronounced maybe it's just because it's a it's an audience master recording and it's just i don't know i'm not gonna belabor the point all righty friends we're uh reaching the end of our long dusty trail here and oh i don't think i Oh, I just remembered something that I forgot to do. Okay, mental note. Um, let's zip this up before I just scatter into a million pieces. Um, I'm gonna... Oh, social media. Twitter, I'm on Twitter, Heart of Markness. Facebook group, Heart of Markness. YouTube, Heart of Markness. Are you seeing the common thread? Um, heartofmarkness.com. If you want to reach me, mark at heartofmarkness.com. You can also reach me on any one of those previous media, venues, avenues, whatever, ways. Shouldn't be all highfalutin when I am middlefalutin at best in the moment. Um, you'll be able to get this show at heartofmarkness.com. Uh, most of the shows that I cover, I make available on Heart of Markness. If you want to support this wonderful endeavor, and keep in mind, this is a bonus, bonus episode it is uh, just completely on the wing. I typically am more together and professional when I do my podcast sometimes. But anyway, patreon.com, Heart of Markness. Help keep this ship afloat. All is well. Uh, one more song I'm going to play for you, which is Full Circle. And I was looking to see where this song comes from. I thought it might have been on Paul Rogers' solo album, which I remember now is called Cut Loose, and I don't remember I actually looked it up. And he did indeed play all the instruments on the album, which is pretty badass. Bass, drums, keyboard, guitar, and vocals. Good for him. That's really cool. Alrighty. The song is Full, so for, blah, 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 full Circle. And it is a high-energy song. It is the last song of the set before the encores. And it is just, I hadn't heard it anywhere else other than live performances by the firm. And I wanted to share it with you. It's a fun tune. All right, guys, I'll be back after this just to say good night, goodbye, good luck. And for now, full circle again, December 4th, 1984 in Ludwigshafen, Germany. Ludwigshafen or Ludwigshafen? Let's look it up. Ludwigshafen. Who's Hafen is that? It's Ludwigshafen. All right. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs>
that was cool. <laughs> it it always frustrates me that a band featuring a lead guitarist of note has songs that at least my ears, and it may just be my old ass ears, I can't hear what he's playing. It almost seems like it's obscured instead of distinct. So when he's soloing for three minutes, I can't always distinguish a lot of what he's doing. Like it should be out front and in your face. It's a, it's a solo, you know, where all attention is on Jimmy and I'm like, what is he doing? It sounds cool. It sounds cool. It almost uh, the the last half of the song where it goes into the bum da bum da bum da bum da bum, um, almost sounds like something from the X Y Z sessions, but um, that's really cool. I would love to have seen that developed on an album, because it's a cool tune. It's a really cool tune, and I would love to hear. I mean, again, this is my bias here. Here's here's my whole problem. Instead of listening to as presented, I'm like, oh, I would have loved to hear Jimmy's 1971 or 1970 Les Paul just cutting through and just shredding over that cool rhythm section or hear his guitar up front and prominent so I can hear what the fuck he's playing because what I can hear is pretty badass and there's some cool stuff in it and I really am interested in this Ha! Neither here nor there. Anyway, it's about 40 minutes. I hope you enjoyed this. This is just totally casual. Off the cuff, obviously. So, um... Not representative of the caliber of show you get. Although it totally is. Alright, friends. I will be back Thursday with the official Led Zeppelin show. And, um, enjoy this bonus 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 episode is it three bonus to the third power it's a good week i hope you enjoy it all right guys bye bye